Hey everybody, welcome back to the Driven Hunter podcast brought to you by Mission Crossbows. This is part two of the season. What a season it was this past year. We're talking about the season. We're going to be showing video examples. So watch the video version because you're going to get a sneak peek into what you'd see on TV later on in the year. But we have just started to cover some of the season. We've went through three hunts. We talked about Northwest Territories and what luck we had up there hunting big mountain caribou. We discussed hunting big elk in Kentucky, which I shot could be the new potential state record. And then we also talked about the epic moose hunt we had in the Yukon, which was unbelievable. So if you hadn't listened to part one, make sure you do that because there's a funny story about Nicole and her phobia with mice in there that you won't want to miss. Plus she shoots her first ever archery bull at four steps. Probably one of the most exciting hunts that I've ever filmed by far. And now we're on to whitetail season, which was an amazing season mm-hmm. in itself. And and that really started kind of in that mid-October range. And the kids were already on fire, weren't they? I mean, they were already laying them all down when we were already gone. Yeah, it seemed like every time we left, <laughs> we were getting text messages that they were getting them on the ground. So, no, well, they shot some big ones. I mean, they did. It, uh, it kind of started with Brandon because yep. Brandon uh, Carson wanted to film Brandon. And uh, he loves running the camera. So they're hunting on our ground here in Minnesota. And I kind of give them, you know, here's the hit list bucks that you guys can shoot. And sure enough, um, you know, this big, one of these big mature eight pointers that we had that we really wanted out of there because he was a bully buck. Mm -hmm. And he came in and uh, Carson laid down great footage and he stopped and and Brandon made a great shot. And, um, you know they were they were so pumped. I remember that them. kicked off our whitetail season for yeah, us. Yeah, that really got things motivated. Yeah. And I should I should back up because kind of had a, a start a downer start to my whitetail season because I put so much time and effort in the summer preparing to hunt this one particular buck on our property that uh, that it kind of blew up overnight. Um, we had a, a, another piece of property that's away from our home farm here that uh we generally use just for hunting you know friends and family and Mm -hmm. whatever can shoot any pretty much any buck over there it's not a really highly managed piece well all of a sudden this this buck that we had is a three-year-old eight-pointer with he had little g4s so he really was kind of a 10-pointer but he had stickers he was a nice deer he's like 140 as a three-year-old last year i checked the trail i checked our stealth cams and I almost passed out. I actually, come, I showed Nicole, I'm like, you got to swear to secrecy. And uh, I'm going to show you this picture. And when I showed you that picture, you're like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. This buck, it just blew up. And he had tons of scorable points and huge for five by five frame with all these extras. And I figured right away, immediately, that he was well into 200. Mm-hmm. Um we didn't know exactly how big he was, but we got a bunch of pictures of him. And we had a, I put a, a muddy blind uh, out on this edge of this field system. I created an interior food plot of standing beans. Mm-hmm. I went and took a hot zone, hot fence or electric fence system, and I fenced all the beans off except for a little portion of them to protect them so they didn't give it over browse. I put so much work into trying to create a little honey hole that would pull that deer mm-hmm. in to uh, 
you know, that mid-October range when where I could, could get them on when the When you beach. were there, yeah. Yeah, when I was home. <laughs> and uh, we were coming back from the Yukon, which mm-hmm. we just No cell service for 10 days. Yeah. We're just, <laughs> we're, we're thinking about whitetail hunting and I'm so pumped because now I've got this moose out of the way. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to get home and start whitetail hunting. And as we start to descend and come in, service just starts to hit our phones. And my phone's like, bloop, 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 bloop. it's bleeping out of control and blowing up. And I'm like looking and I'm like, Have you, did you see this buck killed in southeastern Minnesota? And I'm like, I didn't even want to look instantly. at it. Like, they got him. And sure enough, uh, the neighbor got him, which uh, turns out to be a great deal because the the gentleman's fighting um, cancer and he mm-hmm. just deserves to get him. Right. But, he, but he was a monster. He, he put on a hundred inches in one year. That's like almost unheard of. Yeah. That's, I mean, there's always those select Minnesota. deer, right? There's always those select bucks that do that. But looking at that deer last year, would you have ever thought that that no. deer was going to blow up a hundred inches? It's, and a lot of people might say, are you sure that that's the same deer? But they, I mean, Sheds off of the deer from the oh, year before, all that. We know, you know all for our sure. deer really well. Yeah. yeah, it was totally the same deer. He just really yeah. blew up. And if you see the video version, we'll we'll try to put an example of when he was a three-year-old to a, when he was a four-year-old. And they, the guy that got him, gentleman got him, they cut his teeth and they no, had him mm-hmm. definitely aged on, at four and a half and they knew what he was too. Um, but anyways, that, that kind of put a dampener on my whitetail hopes, but... The kids started strong. Um, Olivia then after Brandon. Yep. Shot uh, her first. First archery buck here on our place on a water hole that we put in, uh, which was really rewarding. She was so excited because she's the archery manager at a retail store called Shields. And uh, she talks bows and talks hunting every day. And it's unbelievable now that she does what she does for a living. She doesn't get to hunt as much, right? Right. So her to be able to actually be out in the tree stand and be able to harvest her first year with a bow is pretty cool, her buck. So that was awesome. She can talk the talk, but she now can walk the walk. (laughs) Absolutely. um, And Brandon, uh, her boyfriend, had got a nice buck already on the ground. Well, then Carson started hunting. And as luck would have it, he he was hunting with our good friend and team member, Randy Baker. Mm -hmm. And Jared was filming him, and they went over to to Randy's property. And Randy had this buck kind of on a pattern, and he had another target buck. He was hunting, so he said, Carson, come on over. I mean, great team member, right? Right. (laughs) He never calls me when he has a big one spotted. But he called Carson, and Carson him get along great. And uh, first night in. This big one comes walking through, and Carson snort wheezes his buck in, which mm-hmm. is pretty impressive. He had enough, you know, intuition to like, as his buck was leaving, to challenge him with a snort wheeze and turn the buck around on a dime, and he comes right in. He smokes him at fifteen. Hey, Carson's yards. a kid that'll throw anything but the kitchen sink at a deer though to get him right. to come in, and Even, it worked. I mean, yeah, you know, he got it done. It's time you know? to be aggressive, and he was, and it worked for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could have well just blew that deer out of the country, right. but. You know, he got it, and uh, and then he was like, Made see, Dad, shot. every time you guys are gone, we can <laughs> kill them. And sure enough, I mean, it it, it held true. Right. So, you know, then, uh, then it was our time to try to start yep. whitetail hunting. We didn't hunt a lot at home early season like we mm-hmm. normally hunt water holes. Well, we dedicated, their, Minnesota has a dedicated youth weekend, so we hunted with the kids that youth weekend. And, um, you know, and that was kind of, you know, it was iffy weather this year. 
And Jace got one on the ground, though, yeah, during our, that weekend. Yeah, our good friend Jay Schumacher, yep. uh, Chad and Amy Schumacher's son, who was yep. hunting the youth So he kind of kicked off for the youth, the, you know, the younger youth kids. Yeah, he got he got the first one on the ground with, mm-hmm. with a shotgun, so he was pretty excited. Um, so, yeah, all the kids were fired up, right. and we kind of went out, and we, we did it as a group, and it's just a family get together. And I had you know. Ava, and it was her first time ever deer hunting. So oh, and the, yeah, and the Ava story we'll talk about in a minute because she she's a special you know person yeah. to us. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean we just hunted the youth season, and after the youth season we left and went to Alberta. Yep. And we had mule deer tags to go spot and stalk mule deer archery hunt uh, mule deer, and we we're going up with blue brana. And we've hunted with them many years right. and have great success hunting with Glenn and Donna. They're again, they're kind of our family, extended family. Absolutely. And and we're on an all time high right now. We've had success, 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 success. I mean, you know, and Glenn yeah. was like, You guys are hitting it right up here. You so know, it's gonna and, be a good week. Right. And then the brakes came on. Like on on <laughs> heavy brakes. <laughs> yeah. It was like <laughs> God didn't want us to have success that week because he threw everything at us but the kitchen sink. I mean, it started off where we had, for three days, we had 40, 50-mile-an-hour winds, which buried the big deer in these right. deep coolies. They weren't even moving. You couldn't see them to even bet them in the morning. Yeah. They weren't even moving, so they were just buried. And um, and then after that wind blew through, then the snow came, and we got about an inch and a half, two inches of crusty, wet snow, which just, it made it impossible to stalk. We put we put on several close right. stalks, but right. in the end, it just wasn't enough. And, uh, you know, they zigged and we zagged, and mm-hmm. it just, it was so frustrating. It was like the first hunt of the season that we were like, <sighs> and it wasn't from lack of effort. Mm. It was just the weather elements just totally threw, threw us a curveball. Curve yeah. yeah, and we just couldn't pull it together. I mean, no matter what we did, again, it just wasn't. We hunted working. our rears off. I mean, we did. we did to the very end. And I right. told I I said this to you when we left. I told Glenn this too. I was like, this is one of the first hunts that we've ever did that both of us hunted separately that that and hard did not and get anything. Did not hang a tag on yeah. something, so we came home with no show. Right. And that, you know, people ask us, well, why do you, you know why don't you put that on air? And we always like to try to put success on there as well. But we might air that in a Q1 or Q2 show down the road if we need it for content. We've had so much success there in the past. I we mean, did it's just see been some crazy. We've seen some giants. And mm-hmm. like two days in a row, like one day, Nicole sat on a mule deer that she had bedded all day long I'll with no, no food, food, no water, <laughs> freezing to death, just to wait for the buck to stand up and move into a shooting position. And then the buck vanishes slipped out of the back yeah back door and we never never even seen her saw and then uh, it's hard to get dark we're like this deer's got to get up at some point never did and never did and we walked up there and wasn't there same thing for me we right we were set up on a buck on the very last day i figured i finally had this joker figured out because we watched him go in bed filmed it all this buck gets into a position and bed's kind of right behind this little this little point and we sneak up there and into position. We're so confident that my guide left his shoes way back, 150 <laughs> yards snow, away. In snow, might I say, yeah. <laughs> we stalked up there. He's like, ah, don't worry. This ain't going to take long. We get up there. He stays bedded. And at two, we're there at like 8, eight, eight o'clock in the morning. At 2, 30, 3 o'clock, the bu- <laughs> I see the buck coming, his horns. I'm like, get ready. Here he comes. He had stood up out of his bed. 
and he moved through a little bit of an opening, which I don't know if I could ever got the shot. I maybe in hindsight should have, but we felt he was going to come out more in the open. And then he, we figured he'd just re-bet it because he disappeared again. In actuality, he slipped out the back door on us and kind of went down this mm-hmm. little drainage. And you guys sat, you sat there to We lark. figured he was still bedded there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, right before dark, we look up and he's a half a mile away with a doe. <laughs> We're like, are you kidding me? And that's just the way that, right. that whole hunt went. Right. So we... Wasn't you know, from lack of effort. We tried. Oh, I'm And you'll have hunts like that. It. I mean, we've had so much success there in the past, right? That, you know, it's just part of hunting and it was fun. And the people that, you know, we get to share camp with, Glenn and Donna. Glenn was just so frustrated too, because we were just trying our hardest and giving it our all. But boy, the weather elements were not making it right. easy on us. So. And, and my gosh... My guide, Josh Johnson, which is, you know, my lucky charm, I always call right. him because we've always shot so many big things together over the years. I mean, he was just as frustrated. Just couldn't believe it, right? Couldn't believe it. But in the end, they just... Blue Brana ended up having a, a banner year. Yeah, it, it turned on <laughs> It was Pat that. and Nicole's luck that week. It wasn't them. <laughs> that was the only death. That was the only week they did not have success. They shot some monsters and Unbelievable uh, really had a sure. great season up there. But we're going back. That's right. This year. Redemption. <laughs> yep. We're going to go back and we're going to archery hunt with them early season this yep. year, which is going to be fun to do and uh, yep. looking forward to that. But so after we came home with our tails tucked from mule deer going, I yep. hope the white tails are going to treat us better. And we turned around and we went right up to Saskatchewan. Um, and we went uh, hunting uh, with, of course, our family and extended family, yep. home away from home, buck country outfitters, you know, um, Dean and Janda Kuypers. Yep. Um, and Johnny and all the guides up right. there. What a, I mean, this place is our staple to our season. Jeez, every year. I mean, 13 years now, I think we've been hunting up in Saskatchewan with those guys. I mean, it is. you know, it's just unbelievable. Like you said, it's home away from home. It's a hunt we always bring cash to on. It's just family, right? You know, when we go up there and it's always just a fun time for us to just go up and see everybody. And there's nothing like hunting in the Canadian, out well, in the middle of the And there's Canadian monster bucks that live right. there. That's, that's, right. the, that's the overall goal. And it always has been. Um, I always love hunting Canada because you just never know right. what lurks in that big wilderness country. And those deer get aged. And Every just, day the guides are coming back saying, I got new, new deer on camera, yep. yeah, on our trail cameras. So, yeah, I just love hunting there. And, and every year we've had great success there. Um, the last year I shot one of my biggest bucks ever that was in the high one eighties. Yep. Um, so I was looking forward to going back this year. He had a lot of great tra- trail cam picks of some big deer mm-hmm. and a couple particular deer that we were going to target. Right. And one was a big 10, which you obviously know really good now because <laughs> you're in the right spot. Um, I started out hunting that deer and then he vanished, which happens. So, as the hunt went on... Yeah, you know what? I want to kind of know something. Why is it always you get on the bigger, bigger deer, and I get on the lesser of the two? Yeah. How but, come everybody I always... All, I think it all circled around this year on you, because I... <laughs> <laughs> how come everybody always says, how come your wife always shoots them? So I don't want to hear it, actually. I mean, we're sounding like... I have so, to give you somebody a little else. grief. Huh. Anyways, <laughs> right. It sometimes happens that way. But yeah, you should have nothing to complain about because your wall is pretty impressive. That's um, right. This year, we, we were hunting all week up there. Really what happened was it came down to the last final two days of the hunt. And I'd had a kind of a mature nine-pointer um, that had tall brows coming in. He was wide. He really wasn't a super long time. 
um, but a great deer mm-hmm. and fully mature. And I decided if he come he come in, I was going to take him. Right. And and then you went hunting the deer I started out hunting with, and you were like rolling the dice. You're like, well, it's the because we found right, out that he had only, moved. Right. He had relocated across the river. He had swam across the river. That's crazy to me. Yeah, and we that. just by trail cameras, mm-hmm. by stealth cams, we picked, we fi- figured out his yep. puzzle, and we uh, we kind of figured out his travel route and where he was living. So then you went after him. I said, well, I'm going to go hunt this big nine. And uh, second to last day, the big nine came in. Uh, we were completely the wind was terrible for us but we felt like well we don't have any option i mean we had taken and we had we had our zero trace unit out there we we were running you know scent elimination stuff going on we were Your nose jam nose jam had everything <laughs> we were trying everything we can right. to try to not get picked off and the deer were coming in i mean they were a little nervous that something was wrong coming from that blind but they were still out in front of us and I saw that buck coming in. I'm like, oh, here he comes. Please let, let him come in. And he was cautious. Mm-hmm. But with I think without you know running the zero trace and nose jammer and stuff, we went and got the shot. And the buck comes in, and he's like nervously cautious, but he still wasn't picking us off. He, he couldn't smell us. And he walks in, and I pull back, and he had his shoulder back, and I'm like, forever and i'm thinking to myself he's not going to stay in that position he's just going to get too nervous and wheel and run out of there and never give me a shot so i'm like i'm i'm shooting him i'm gonna see what this nap is made of so i shoot and i was shooting that fixed blade head mm-hmm. the hellraiser mm-hmm. and i drive that arrow into him and it hits his opposite shoulder and it shocked him like i've never seen a deer react like that it just blew him over he tried to get up he spun a circle and he fell right back over. Right. And I mean, I saw the blood. I'm like, oh my gosh. And it was kind of graphic, but it was kind of like, wow. Right. I mean, just pretty impressive of what mm-hmm. what kind of you know force that that arrow has. And I just quickly reloaded another arrow and finished him off. And uh, I had the nine pointer on the ground. And then, so that's the end of the second day. You come in. You and didn't I see sat, your deer. No, I sat there all day long in the muddy blind. And he never came in. Now, this is what, five days in a row? Yes. Yeah. All day. Yeah. All how day, many hours? every day from sunup to sundown. I don't even know how many hours. It Probably is. 50 12. hours. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying like 11, 12 hour days in a blind. But That's yeah. a lot of time. So this was day five, had not seen hide nor hair of him. And I'd hunted and, him the first couple days Right. Nothing. So our plan was I had no self-service back in there and no radio or anything. So our plan was I told him like, my back was shot. My body was shot. So I said, noon, just come in, check on us, and then go back out. So it was about 11, 11, 15, and we were sitting there. I was reading a book to pass time, and all of a sudden we look up, and there he is. He's there. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. It's like shock at He's first. He's right in front of you. Yeah, it's like shock at first when you first, you know, I mean, you just sit there for five days, day, sun up to sundown. You're just, your hopes, everything just kind of get down in the dumps. I see and, my deer coming in. I don't know about you. <laughs> Obviously, you don't. Obviously, we didn't. I was I reading don't read a, a book. I read a book, though. I think Aaron was reading a book or on his phone or something too playing a game you know you're just trying to pass the time 12 hours in a blind for five days straight 
And all of a sudden he's there. And so, you know, I slowly grab my bow and, you know, of course, draw back and, and I let that arrow go. And I remember Pat telling me, you know, if they're on pins and needles, you want to make sure you aim low because he's going to drop your arrow. It was about a 28 yard shot, give or take. And so he said, just make sure you aim, you know, low, like aim at the heart. And so, you know, I made sure to do that because he was kind of on pins and needles. And so I let my arrow go. It hit him. And instantly I was just like, oh, like I just, I felt like it wasn't a good shot. Like oh, I it felt was like, a good shot. I know, but hold on. I Like instantly my gut reaction was I hit him high. Why did you think that? Because the way his body looked? Because the way he ducked, yeah. And so I'm like, Aaron, we gotta re- we got to rewind this footage. You know, we let him w- go off, of course. He ran out, took off instantly. I knew I had a pass through. So we watched it back, and I didn't think I made a very good shot. And then, you know, we waited there a little bit, and Pat and Dean came in. So that's, yeah, where I need to pick up the story, because it was kind of funny, because we come in to check on her, and as we pull up, we're like, she's all like signaling like we just maybe bumped him out of there and we're like oh my gosh we hope we didn't mess everything up and then she starts freaking out jumping up and down and the buck was laying like 20 yards away she didn't even know it Mm -mm. yeah and uh you're just i mean you couldn't believe it you're like oh my gosh so we all you know of course shut the ranger off and walk over there and and you know, help you celebrate. And that thing was a stud. He was a big 170, super cool deer. I should have got that deer. I should have, I should have stuck There's to my guns. There's a reason you didn't get that deer. Oh, really? <laughs> God didn't want you to have that deer. He wanted me to. Yeah, I don't want to hear any more <laughs> sniveling. Okay. You got your deer next year's my turn on a bigger one. But uh, again, we doubled down in Saskatchewan on the final hour and, um, uh, so kind of, kind of spurred us on to get back into right. the Midwest and, and start whitetail hunting around home. So that's what we did. Um, yeah. packed we our stuff and came home and it was now muzzleloader season in Minnesota. So we we're hunting muzzleloaders. Shotgun slash muzzleloader. Yep. 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 We, uh, in Minnesota it's shotgun only, but you can use your muzzleloader. Of course we use our Thompson center mm-hmm. muzzleloaders, um, a lot of times cause you have a little bit longer range than you do with your shotgun. Right. So, um, we, a lot of times hunt over these field systems and, uh, if you get the weather, a lot of times that makes those deer move and, and get yeah. up and feed in evening hours. And it's that's... our favorite time to hunt. I mean, you know, one of our favorite times late season like that, when you get some snow on the ground, cold temperatures. And I kept telling, so I was hunting with Ava. I had dedicated, you know, all the prior season with Ava and trying to get her, her first deer. And I kept telling her, like, if you hang in there, the colder the weather we get, the more snow we get on the ground, we're going to get our chance, you know, and she passed on. She passed on some, some really nice unbelievable deer. bucks, you know, and. Uh, she Well, she wanted, we were kind of hoping to, shoot a couple particular deer that right. were kind of on the list and and we had some that we wanted to try to grow but we weren't going to really hold her off on those either there was I mean, really only couldn't... one buck that we had said you know we we just want to let him grow because he's got such good genetics and of course that's the deer walks <laughs> that out buck's the her. one that comes out in front of oh, her <laughs> i know i i remember how frustrated you were and 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 you should just quickly tell the story why ava is such a special person to us in a in a way that uh, we can get through it and, and just talk in 
you know, how special she is to us in our well, family. Well, yeah. Um, so this last summer, we had a tragedy at our house here. Carson, our son Carson, his best friend, passed away here at our house unexpectedly. Um, and it was a very, very, very tragic event. And, you know, that night, you know, Ava, of course, was there. And she's 10 years old. And to see her that night, you know. Going through that. Right. And the tears and just the confusion of what it just happened and trying to grasp it all. And, you know, just to see the whole Miller family come together and, you know, just embrace themselves in the dimming side. Um, it was amazing for Pat and I to see that family support that they had going through such a tragic event like that. And, you know, in the weeks after that, Pat and I both said, you know, what can we do to continue, you know, no, to help this family. Help what can we heal. do? Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing was Ava had never shot a deer before. She had never really hunted before. And, and they're a hunting family. They are. And so, you know, Aiden was a huge hunter. Him and Carson were like two peas in a pod. I mean, those two out there were like two little girls, honestly, out there hunting. I mean, there was nothing like it. It was comical every single time. And there were always plenty of stories to tell when they got back. And so, you know, we approached Dan and Karen, Ava's mom and dad, and said, you know, we don't want to step on your toes whatsoever, but would you mind if Nicole took Ava out hunting to get her first deer? And Dan said, that would be awesome. You know, being a farmer, I don't get a whole lot of time in the fall to dedicate to hunting. So he's like, absolutely, hands down, you know, I would absolutely love if you did that. So, And Ava can then, you know, you can relate because, you know, two girls out hunting. Right, and I am here to tell you that little girl is quite the deer hunter. I mean, she is such a special little girl and she will always hold a very, very awesome place in my heart because me getting, you know, all the hours spent in the blind with her. I mean, she is a hunter through and through. She's got it in her blood. She never complained once. She never, I mean, she carried her load. She did what she had to do. I mean, there were some nights we walked, you know, five, 600 yards to get into a blind. She's carrying, you know, at 10 years old, she's carrying her gun and her bog shooting sticks and everything else. Never complained once. And, and they uh, need knee deep snow sometimes. Right, They're right. Cold. You know, and we'd be frozen. We'd have to stop and warm our fingers up on the way to the blind and things. And she just, she did phenomenal. And I think never... it was the snacks that carried you both through. <laughs> I think that's right, too. But I'll never Plus forget. The right. I'll never forget that night that that deer walked out. And I'm like, oh, and our cameraman Aaron was with us. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Like this deer walked out and I'm like, Ava, this is your buck. I mean, she stayed cool as a cucumber, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I stuck her. One thing Dan had told me was that she was scared of shooting a gun because of the noise. So I told her, I'll put your, I have Caldwell ear protection. So I'll put that on you. If we see a deer you're going to shoot, I'll reach over, put them on you and, you know, and I'll make sure to cock your hammer for you. So that's exactly what I did. That girl never flinched. Um, I mean, she was cool as a cucumber and I said, okay you know just take a deep breath and whenever you're ready wait till he turns broadside and just squeeze the trigger and she absolutely made the most perfect shot ever that deer whirled around took off into the woods he went down not even 10 yards into the woods did not go anywhere and it was such an amazing special night it was the night before her 11th birthday 
And still this day, you know, I tell Ava, I'm like, that was your birthday from your big brother in heaven. I mean, it was pretty special mm-hmm. to be able to share that time with her and, you know, just have the influence. And I honestly think she is a hunter from here on out because she loved every second of it. And like I said, she'll always hold a very special place in my heart. Yeah, you know, after shooting your first big moose at four yards and everything else that happened this year. It doesn't even remotely no, come close. Nothing. That hunt is stands far right. and above the rest of them right. and, all, and does to for all of us here at driven for sure right we were all like sideline everybody was just so rooting for ava to get a deer this year like all the kids everybody just wanted ava to get a buck you know yeah and we all, they all came everybody came here and right. look, you know we got to celebrate and share in in the celebration together and of course i'm sure like you said her her brother up in heaven was looking down and right. smiling too so Oh, that one was a that one was a heart wrencher, but it was so awesome. I mean, happiness was you know about right. And I think that's you know the the highlight of Ava's year. You know, as far as just helping her get through that and that right. you know, and she was so excited to go to school and show her friends, you know, a picture of her big yeah. buck and stuff. And she needed that. She needed that pick me up in her life. And like I said, that I. I think we all did, you know, I mean, right. to see Dan and Karen's face and their happiness and her two older brothers and older sisters, you know, she's the youngest of all the kids and all of her big brothers and sisters all came out to see her big buck. And it was, you know, it was really cool to be able to see that family come together and yeah, support her like that. It was really neat. So, and she wasn't the only special girl that, that got, had some luck in the field this year because we had two other special ones that, uh, were hunting as well during the same period, and they were hunting yep. hard themselves. They were. Um, uh, we had Ashlyn Schumacher, yep. which is, of course, Chad and Amy's daughter, and in, in our, you know, her brother Jace had already got yep. a deer early. So there was a little the competition year. going yeah. on there. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they were. She was worried she wasn't going to get a deer, and right. then of course Isabel, our daughter, she was hunting like crazy, right. and and Isabel put in a lot of time this year hunting and trying to. We were. We were kind of after we had a couple bucks on the hit list, mm-hmm. and we're hunting the same field a lot of times that you and Ava have been hunting. Yeah, we're hunting some kind of different times when Ava couldn't hunt, then right. Isabel we would kind of switch off. So, um, and there was this one buck that just showed up out of the blue that was kind of a non-residential deer that we hadn't had a lot of history with, and he but just he started showing up yeah. because of all the food and and you know, the low pressure hunting we were doing and he became real regular. I'm like, wow, if we get a chance at this deer, he right. was, you know, I, I estimate him. He's definitely four and a half, but I think he was probably even five mm-hmm. just judging by his body. Um, we're kind of holding out for that deer and, uh, just as luck would have it. Um, we had a night where the weather was kind of bad. It was, it, I didn't think we'd even really see a whole lot just because it was that it was mm-hmm. real windy, which, yeah. Sometimes you just don't see a lot of big, big buck activity during super windy conditions on food sources. They're just too nervous, so they don't come out. Um, but it was rainy, sleety, kind of just a nasty night. We got in the in the muddy blind, and uh, we're sitting there. And it, I remember just because of the rain and, and sleet and stuff, it was kept messing up our windows, so we couldn't see through right, very right. well. And then Isabel kind of looked, and she's like, Dad there's a big buck. And, and I was kind of trying to visually see through it. So I just actually, we were been sitting there with the windows closed because the wind was completely wrong. We had our nose jammer, of course, and our zero trace going, but 
Um, it was a bad win that night too for deer coming out in this one spot. And, uh, all of a sudden she saw a big buck out there. So I visually had to open up the window. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's him. So I kind of closed it back up and I told her, I says, okay, you get ready. And I want you to be, you know, when I open your shooting window, which is a vertical window in the right corner, when I open that, I want you to, you, you know, be ready. Get, yeah, I want you to be aiming. And I opened it up and her gun was on the bog sticks. She was shooting the Thompson center, that pink 50 caliber that mm-hmm. you like so much that encore. And, and, uh, she was aiming and she's right on it right away. And then I got on it with the camera and, uh, the buck was feeding and he hadn't smelled us yet. And you could tell almost instantly. like instantly when, when he got us, he was feeding and all of a sudden he goes, picks up his head and he just starts putting his nose in the air. And he just all of a sudden, like his demeanor changed. He nervously turns and starts walking to the woods you know, like, oh mm-hmm. boy, I'm getting out of here. I'm going back <laughs> into this cover, and I, I stop him by right. just bleating at him, and she's like, like Makes automatic a shot. Yeah, yeah, she just drilled the thing, and it, it happened kind of like in slow motion. So we were like, did we get him? I don't know, because he just ran in the woods so everything happened so quick. All these other deer ran, and I'm like, I, I, you know, she goes, I felt good. So we rewound it, and then I saw where that bullet hit. I'm like, oh, you smoked him. So we were so pumped, and we, uh, of course, uh, then it started kind of snowing, and the weather even got worse, and so we got to blood trail him right away, but he didn't go 50 yards, and he was dead inside the woods, and uh, uh, she was so happy because she put so much time and effort into it, and, and Ashlyn, Ashlyn, the night before, he got a big buck, yeah. so I put all the pressure on on uh isabel to get a deer of her own which she you know you're a 14 years old girl and they and you i don't know what kind of competition you you guys had when you were younger but these girls they put a lot of competition on each other for shooting <laughs> well, big was, deer i mean definitely a girl's weekend it was all three of the girls ashlyn kicked off the weekend that yep. friday night shot hers isabel shot hers saturday night and then ava shot hers on monday night so it was like within a Four-day span, we had three big bucks on the ground, and all of them had been hunting really hard all fall long. And and, and Ashlyn's deer was a just a giant. It was. I mean, Carson, I said to Carson, hey, you need to go film right. Ashlyn and Chad. They went and got in the blind, and this buck walks out, and Chad's like, that's my biggest buck on my hit list. And he wanted to shoot it, and mm. now his daughter's <laughs> aiming at it, and they're having a little... Back and forth, and he's like, go ahead and shoot it. And uh, so she shoots it, drills the thing, and then we went and helped recover. It was right. so much fun to just be around. And, yeah, the kids, again, they just they just had an amazing year. Right. And uh, so now that our season was made at that point. I mean, <laughs> right. Ava got I mean, her deer. That's, that's right. all matters. That's right. All of, all of our kids are now tagged out. Right. So, and when, when you have as many kids as we do, <laughs> it's a task to try to get them all tagged out. So all the kids are tagged out. Pat and I are to the point where we're like, if it happens for us in Minnesota, it happens. But if it doesn't, our season's already been made. But now we, we have, right. Yeah. So now we're packing up. And this is our first year ever going south during like the November time period, but we're going to a warmer spot and we're headed to Oklahoma. First time ever hunting Oklahoma with Garrett and uh, Name the Game Outfitters. And it was a blast. I mean, what a fun hunt. Yeah, I've never hunted Oklahoma. I've heard that it's a a state that has 
really good deer, right. but we didn't know anything about it. Never didn't know about the terrain we're going to be hunting in. Um, but we're taking, this is our first time really hunting outside of, you know, hunting big game with our Browning rifles. Yeah. For and, uh, that's kind of the reason we want to go down and just try a rifle hunt because right. we hadn't done one forever. And, uh, so we, we took our rifles, the same rifles we use when we're up in uh, caribou camp yep. and went down and started hunting with them in uh, Oklahoma. And the first couple of days we sat in stands and we were seeing deer, but every time we get in a stand, Garrett was texting or calling us saying, oh, I just saw a giant He's locked down <laughs> with a doe. And I finally had enough of him saying that. I say, Garrett, if you're seeing that many you know, when you leave us, right. we need to change our strategy and not just sit in one location. We need to get out and do some spot and stalking. So that's what we did. And on the, I was like third day, um, in, in the morning, we did not go sit on stand. Um, we started just going to just high point around, and glassing yeah. and, uh, we spotted this deer out in this open and, um, he was with a doe. And cattle pasture really and, is yeah, what it was, yeah. Big high grass, right. wide open country, and we got around, used uh, drainage to get close, and got up there, and he was just dogging this doe all around. And at one point, he dogged her almost all, completely off the property, but then he corralled her and got her back, came right back, and finally got within rifle range and mm-hmm. you dump you made a great shot and just a cool deer with stickers and right he had turkey foot on one side but the craziest part is hunting that is you know you're trying to stay low enough but the grass is so tall and my problem was shooting off my knees I wasn't tall enough you know to be able to see so and clear as vital so you know just hunting that terrain versus hunting here you know yeah. in Minnesota and stuff it was neat to see oh you of different. course had your bog you know shooting right. sticks the the dead shot system yep. That field pod, I mean, it gives you that stability it's and you could steady, get up yeah. high enough and right. kind of get into the scope, which uh, turns out it worked great for us. Right. And, uh, you know, what's funny is we were, as we were kind of taking care of your deer and field dressing and, and tagging it, we saw another big buck <laughs> at a, on a long ways off come out of this woodlot and corral this doe and uh, another big buck come out and challenge him. They got in a fight. And then they all kind of ran back off and up into this timber. And I said to Garrett, I said, hey, let's go after them. Right. And that's what we did. We decided to put a move on them. We didn't know where they were, didn't didn't know where they went. But we just, uh, one thing I learned a long time ago is you be aggressive. You never know when it can pay mm-hmm. off because it's the middle of the day. That's right. Nothing else going on. So we start still hunting our way through mm-hmm. the timber with the cameraman. And uh, as we we're walking through there, all of a sudden, we just we had went quite a ways. We had probably walked a mile or so, and we're just kind of still hunting along this timbered ridge, kind of open, kind of spotty timber with oaks and stuff, pin oaks and. Stuff. And I caught a you know a flash of a uh, big deer, mm-hmm. and he, sure enough, he was right behind that doe, and he came into an opening, and I made a perfect shot. And That's awesome. Hey, we hung our we two pegged, big bucks within yeah. <laughs> just a couple hours of each I other. I mean. It was like, you know, like when it went our way, it went our way. Right. And, uh, yeah, we, we left Oklahoma smiling because yep. yeah. uh, we're tagged out on two really nice deer. So That's that was right. pretty cool. Um, then we came. Headed back to the cold. <laughs> yeah, came back here to Minnesota. Yeah, and we were here for a few weeks, but, of course, we had Christmas and all that stuff. So Yep. Uh, yeah, you know, we started hunting here. Of course, um, our muzzleloader season kind of um, – 
was starting to kind of wrap up mm -hmm. and but the weather was really starting to change and get better yeah, for us and we have we had one bean field that uh was starting to have big deer show up right. on it um and there was one really nice deer showing up so um the the muzzleloader season and the archery season were kind of combining right there so um as this um i was i was hunting and you were watching cashton and uh i was sitting we had a blind we were moving kind of all around the field with our tractor because right. i could pick it up and move so it like in different, different wind spots. every night <laughs> yeah and the deer weren't they weren't scared of it no, it was yeah. a soft-sided muddy blind which i i've used these before but i really like them because they get you elevated right and if the deer one thing i learned a long time ago the deer can see underneath the blind and see open space they don't get spooky of it now if it's on the ground they're a little bit more leery um but yeah we were just moving around according to the wind and we had it in one spot and this buck comes out and and it's sure enough the the shooter and he's like right in front of me and I'm waiting for him to get in position at, to take the shot and he turns and he blows out of there. He spooks because something off on one side of us spooked him off. And I'm like, I thought, oh my gosh, how could this happen? The buck get away and I don't get him shot. I was just, I was devastated. And I could have shot probably had a really hard quarter and way shot in the end, but I didn't take it. I thought, well, it's better to be patient. Right. But as luck would have it, this is how our season went. I turned around and we're, my cameraman, Jared and I were just discussing. We're sitting the there dogs. talking, let's pack up. Let's get <laughs> out of here. Dozer started blowing. I'm like, I don't know what spooked him. And then I realized what spooked him because I kind of looked out to the left. Like, I wonder if it was a coyote or what I look and here it's a bigger buck. And I'm like, and I, and he's like on pins and needles because he's like, I don't know what everybody's blowing about and spook. Right. But he's on high alert. And I'm like, so I can't reach down and get my binoculars <laughs> to identify what it is. So I'm trying to like, I got bad vision anyway. So I'm like looking, squinting. And I'm like, that is the buck that you had the sheds off for the last yeah. couple of years. We had a lot of history with this deer, but he had vanished. And all of a sudden had he's standing. Had not one trail cam picture of it. Yeah, he's six and a half years old. And he's standing right, right in front of me for the first time all year. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's him. I thought he was gone. Right, right. I get the the Thompson Center up and get it poked out the window. <laughs> and I'm like, please don't move. And then he goes back to feeding. Right. And I'm like, oh, thank you. And I wait, wait. And finally he kind of like picks up his head and he's like, what's, he's still kind of edgy. And I drill him and just drop him. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how, how did like that happen? High, low, high. <laughs> yeah. It was like, yeah, it was crazy emotion. Um, what a roller coaster. And so I had my Minnesota buck, you know, tag. Yeah. Yeah. But I also knew that the buck that, that other I just, deer, right. just about shot was still there, obviously, because right. I didn't get him. And I knew you could get a crack at him. Right. Of course, that was the end of muzzleloader season for us. Mm -hmm. So you had to do it with either archery gear or nothing. Nothing, and, yeah. uh, and then our Iowa season was also kicking in. Yeah. So we had late season Iowa uh, muzzleloader tags. So Pat's like, we had two days left of the bow season in minnesota and he goes i'm going to iowa to hunt and i was going to stay here because we had a huge snowstorm blowing in and so he's like that buck is going to be here on this bean field because he was there religiously the every night the weather was just 
teeing up perfect. Right. I had two encounters with the deer. You whiffed Prior, him. I missed a shot right over his back at 35 yards the one time. I didn't equivalent for him dropping. He dropped so much. He the one night, you. he was on pins oh. and needles. And uh, the second night, he didn't come, second time, he didn't come close enough for a shot. And we've been and jockeying so, this blind all right, over this field, back yeah. and forth. And so, yeah, this was second to last night of archery season. Wind is 40, 50 mile an hour, blowing sideways. And I had Carson filming me, first time Carson's ever filmed me. And we get out there and get up in the blind. I get up there first and there's a flipping mouse in the blind. <laughs> I knew there was <laughs> going to be another a, mouse story. And I have a high speed come apart, of course. And Carson's dying laughing. And I'm like, oh, listen, Lord. do you want me to cook you dinner tonight or not? <laughs> Quit laughing at me. God. And... I mean, so he, to a big trophy a little... bucket or <laughs> blow the whole deal and make all kinds of noise over a little mouse. Oh, Crazy. so anyways, we and shooed the... the mouse out of the blind and... I'm not getting in that net, <laughs> flipping my blah, blah, blind until you get that mouse out of there. It's yeah, like a Carson, grizzly bear's in there. Right, poor Carson. I'm like, you make sure that mouse isn't in there, so... Carson did the dirty work and figured it out and got everything yeah. taken care well, of for me. When you get Nicole then... in the blind, she's like this. That's what Carson said. Carson's She's just like, I don't looking think in every direction moving. nervously, except for where she needs to be focusing in, where the deer might come from. She's still worried about the mouse. Well, it's 40, 50 mile an hour winds. So Lord. I'm like, you know, okay, these deer are starting to come. It's snowing sideways. And all of a sudden, the snow kind of quits, but it's still super, super windy. And we look up, and here he comes. I mean, just on a string, right? He's coming through Watch the woods. Right He's like 80, 90 yards out, walking right into the beans. He's a cool, and tall, just real a really cool deer. deer. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, uh, I was like, oh, game on. Here we go, Carson. He came out, and, uh, you know, I will say, I've never. I mean, I've been bow hunting for many, many, many years, but I guess I've never been in the situation with that, with the high windage and that in accounting for that. I mean, I've never, a total rookie mistake on my part. Yeah, you just put your pin right behind his shoulder. And Correct. And Perfect. I just, that's right. I mean, he's at 30 yards. I put my pin, you know, my 30 yard pin on him right behind the shoulder and I let it go and the arrow flew yes. beautifully, but it flew like eight inches to the right and sinks in right in front of his back hip. I mean, perfect up and down. Exactly. It just, the windage had taken it. And I was that like, sounds like oh. an excuse to me. I mean, my heart just dropped. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And I mean, I just, I fell apart and I told Cars, I said, the deer is going to die. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The deer is going to die, but it's just the fact of finding him because the snow had stopped, but we had another five to six inches coming in that night. And a deer shot in that location is not going to die right away. And so... No, it's, you got to give them time. Right. And time means we got five to six inches of snow coming in. Oh, that's That's going to cover up our any sign of tracks, any blood. blood, anything. So you right? don't know where he's going. No, you're just going to start gridding. Yeah, and we got in this big timber country with a lot of hills and valleys right. and places for these deer to hide. So I called Randy Baker, our team. Well, I called Pat, and Pat's like, call Randy. And, and Randy lives in, you know, about half hour away from us. And I call him, and I'm like, I really don't want you to get on the roads. He goes, I have a four-wheel drive truck. I'll be there. And, you know, so we just, we knew it had been a couple hours. It had been about three hours since I shot him. And we knew we were going to have to go really slow and really quiet. But once again, it was like 50-mile-an-hour winds, so we knew we could get in quiet enough. But we trailed him about 
hundred yards or so, and he started dipping off this giant ledge. And I told Randy, I said, I just don't feel comfortable about going after him anymore. So we backed out that night. And the next morning, Randy came back right at daybreak. And once again, we got a ton of fresh snow. So tracks, no tracks, no blood, no nothing. And um, we just kind of started gridding the area. And we did catch like a speck of blood here where it was a sheltered area from the wind and the snow. He, he would just find like a speck and we found two and that was it. And we just started gridding it. And Randy had to go because he had meetings he had to get to for work. And so he's like, I'm so sorry. But I told Carson, I'm like, it's just me and you. That's it. And so, and his friend Matthew was out and I told the boys, I'm like, you know, Matthew, you go this way. Carson, you go this way. I'm going to go this way. And we're just going to grid this entire area. And you're just looking for a dead deer now, really. You know, and yeah, with snow on top of them, right? And I will never forget. I just hear Carson just start hollering, and I'm like, That's "Oh my feeling. gosh, you have to be kidding me!" And he is just like hooping and hollering. He's like, "You'll never believe it! I found him!" And uh, yeah, it was it was a great feeling. He went to, quite a ways. He did, yeah, probably six hundred yards. Yeah. Six hundred yards, and he had not been dead that long when we found him and no. that was the next morning. So I'd shot him that night and that was all the way the next morning, probably about 10 30, 11 o'clock when we found uh, him. Yeah. And we went on And one of the things that we've done this past year is we've been a part of DeerCast yep. and DeerCast has a deer track app. That was huge for us. And you can, you can go on to DeerCast and if you hit an animal, you can go in there and check out similar situations right. or similar hits and they tell you what to do. And that, that thing was spot on mm -hmm. because that app allowed you to kind of look and say, well, leave for eight hours. And that's how long it really took that deer. Right. To, even though right. you went kind of kind of did a preliminary and As a matter search. of fact, the, the app actually said a little bit longer, but I was on, we were leaving for Iowa too. So I told Pat, I'm like, I got to get out there well, and look for this deer. You had shot him the night before at five o'clock and you were out there the next day at eight, nine right. o'clock in the morning. So, I mean, it's still sufficient time. They might not be dead, but they're not going to go, they're not going to be super, right. you know, Especially alert. a cold night like that that he had to live yeah, through. Yeah, he's stiffened up, and they're right. going to be sick. So if you do see him, you know, you're still carrying your bow. You're, you can finish him off and get right. up close to him. But he was dead, but he hadn't been dead long. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, hey, you got him pretty done. awesome. It got was. it done last second in Minnesota. Yep. So yeah. So then I packed up and headed to Iowa with you. And right, where it was 60 degrees. I was just going to say it was the last hunt of the season, my second year in a row hunt, getting a tag in Iowa, late season muzzleloader, and both you and I had them this year. So, um, yeah, we're yeah, hunting, it was, we're hunting down with Bo Jensen of Lamb Pros and, and his dad, uh, Greg and, and Don and everybody down mm -hmm. there. And they, they got a wonderful farm in Decatur County, which is about an hour South of, uh, of Des Moines. And, um, but they got smoked with the EHD. I mean, it just, annihilated their farm decimated of all mature deer mm -hmm. they all died early on because of which was the whole, EHD so issues. sad because the year before all yeah, the nice big ones. bucks we saw yeah, yeah the year we before. saw a lot of them and, and you never dropped the hammer on anything mm -hmm. the year before either so two years in a row we hadn't had luck and we get on there and there's there's only a few on the hit list right. that Bo said we could shoot and now the warm, it was so warm. Mm -hmm. and it wasn't like up here where you just shot a deer in the snow and right. the, the cold temps. We get down there and it's 50, 60 degrees, but Bo's like, hey, don't worry. These deer are fair weather deer. 
even big bucks will come out in the warm. I didn't believe him until I was sitting there and, and, um, we'd passed on some nice three-year-olds, but nothing mature, mm-hmm. mature. And he had had this one deer kind of on the edge of his farm that he wanted me to shoot. He was, uh, he thinks he was five and a half, maybe, maybe six and a half, but he was a nice, really nice deer, nine point, um, with some, with some stickers and stuff. So that's the deer I went after and got in the blind and I hadn't been there long. I mean, not even 10 minutes. And I look up <laughs> and I couldn't believe my eyes. It was the first deer in the field and it was him. And it was early yeah, because you, you got in the blind even earlier that day too. Right. I just, I don't know why I went there early, but thank God I did. Cause he came walking out. He, he was like a fawn. He walked out and he, he wasn't going to stay there long. It was like, how them deer act on there they come out and they eat a little bit and then they turn around and they go back in bed right. and then maybe come back out right at dark but he was just out there to get a bite so he was feeding and he was still too far he was like 285 and i just like couldn't i didn't feel comfortable about shooting that far and uh and if you know i just put this new vortex scope on there so i felt real comfortable at at different ranges and and cause it did, had different increments yeah. in the, in the reticle. So I kind of knew, you know, where my comfort zone, I was like, if he's two fifty or under, I can, I feel comfortable. And he kind of reappeared again. And I'm like, Oh, he's still at two eighty five, And then he just finally crosses ditch. And if I knew if he got to the back end of this one field, he'd be at about 230, 240 yards. And sure enough, he came out. I, I hit him with the range fire. He's 235. And he stopped, and I was just dead steady on him. I'm like, here we go. And I just squeezed off, and that deer didn't even react. He didn't flinch. He didn't buck up. Or he didn't leg kick or nothing. He just took off, and he bounded through the timber with his tail up. And and then he went back through this other little field that, where he came from, and I was like, oh, I don't think I hit him. And as I saw, as just as he was going out of sight. I kind of seen him kind of running sideways or kind of heavy. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, am I seeing things? I didn't know at sure for sure. But I thought if that's him riding sideways, that's a good, that's a good sign. So that's what you want to see. We got down and we walked down there and he was piled up right in the corn and, uh, he's a stud. And And the rest is history. I ate another tag sandwich. (laughs) Yeah. And Nicole for the second year in a row in Iowa, Ate her, yeah. I mean, you saw a lot of deer, right. red fawn, but yep. just couldn't get as lucky as I just did. Just part of it. It was warm late season this year down there. I so. started out 2020 with a big deer in my hands. I can't wait for this next year. <laughs> but all in all, seriously, it was it was our a best fall. Absolutely. I know Absolutely. the stories get long sometimes, but. It's fun to recap them. And if right. again, if you're listening to the audio version, definitely check out the video version because that shows a lot of what we're Sneak talking peak. about. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty it was a pretty great year. All in all, I mean Ava got her first deer. Absolutely. That's all that matters, right? right? That and, made my uh, whole fall. Definitely. We we put that one in the books. And if you know, this year for Driven, it's gonna be an exceptional great year programming, but just because of all this great content and storyboards and different things that happened this past year. And you might even see a mouse or two here and there. So <laughs> <laughs> we had a great year. Can't wait to look forward to this next year. And, right. uh, you know, we got some great hunts on the books. We and do. And are pretty excited about stuff coming up. So 
We can talk about that another time, but we wanted to thank you guys again for listening to the Driven Hunter podcast, and we'll be back again sometime soon with another exciting podcast coming your way.